Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Damian Abraham, the host of The Wrestler on Vice, also extremely educated on the death match. We talk about the exploding barbed wire death match that's going to take place at Revolution on Sunday. Also... We have a brand new AP. That's right. Gabby is gone. She quit to become a professional wrestler. So Ariel is our new AP, and we introduce her to the nation right here on the Busted Open Podcast. What's going on, Damien? How are you this morning? Honored to be back. And Tommy, it's a huge pleasure to meet you. I'm a big fan. So, uh, yeah, I'm really stoked to be here. Very excited to talk. Uh, the uh, One of the most maligned and misunderstood subgenres of pro wrestling with you today. Absolutely. And uh, likewise, I watched a show on Vice and uh, Onita is a polarizing figure. Um, Man, we could go on and on and just do a whole show talking about him. I've been in the ring with him. Uh, We had teased an ECW uh, exploding barbed wire match, but we couldn't get it done. And then him and I, he wanted to do something with me and Terry Funk uh, involved in it. That didn't happen either. It was funny. The last time I went to uh, Japan, Terry Funk told me just to walk up to Onita and slap him as hard as I could across his face. And I was just like, why would I do that? And he goes, he would love it. And you would make a lot of money doing it. And I was just like, I don't really know the man enough just to slap him across the face. And he's like, oh, no, trust me. You know, it would be big, big news. And I was he's like, I would do it. (laughs) All right, Terry. Thanks. Uh, no, meeting him was, was a huge thrill. Like that to me is like, you know, like to try and put in an equivalency and he's not the same thing, obviously, but it's almost like the Japanese Ric Flair, like someone that is, is so much of a character in the ring, obviously, but outside of the ring, his legend almost exceeds that, that, you know, what, what happens inside the ropes. He was meeting him when we met him. They had kind of like, it'd been prepped for us all day that he was going to show up at Corrigan Hall and it was going to be like this big deal because he doesn't show up at other deathmatch wrestling promotion shows. So we had to sneak him in through the back. And so I have no idea what to expect. And he shows up, he's wearing an incredible pair of brand new Nike sneakers, a, a Supreme sweatshirt and the leather jacket. And he just walks in and it just, it's like a presence, you know, it's like Beyonce or something. He's just got that kind of aura to him. And we walked up through the back of the show and he's walking by, you know, we walk by this uh, barbed wire board and he stops and goes, Hey, Hey, I invented this. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I invented it. And I'm like, that's great. And so we sat down and it was everything I'd hoped it would be. He was very, you know, he's a legend. So obviously he's going to be self aggrandizing, but he's also, he deserves it because he's the guy that kind of, you know, he didn't invent this thing, but he brought it together in such a way that it became what we know today as deathmatch wrestling. Yep. 
And, and Damien, and I, first of all, you know, I is there any word about that series possibly coming back? Because you did such a wonderful job. I mean, so many fantastic educational episodes. That one with Onita being one of them. But any any word on that possibly coming back? Nothing yet. I don't know. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't think I've spoken to Vice at all since the show came out. And it was one of those unfortunate things because we actually made it three years or two years before it came out, you know, and I think we were very fortunate to make the show when we did. I think 2017 is going to be a year people look back upon in pro wrestling, much in the same way people look back upon like 1991 in music with sort of the explosion with Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam and all sort of like that kind of wave of alternative music. I think it was the rise of alternative wrestling. And I think, you know, if we had made that show a year or two later or a couple of years earlier, it wouldn't have turned out the same. But, you know, that being said, Vice did sit on it for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I would love to do more. It was the greatest experience of my life. Like, I'm just a pro wrestling fan. And yeah. I just wanted to make a show that showed other people out there, like, here's what I love about pro wrestling. And it's not it's it's not necessarily what you see always presented on TV. Like this is like uh like, like one of the most incredibly diverse art forms on earth and wherever it shows up around the world, it's going to reflect that culture. And I just wanted to make a show where I could kind of show people like here, here's wrestling as a smorgasbord and take a pick. There's something for everyone. here. And you did a, a great job of it. I, I enjoyed oh. the, the series as well. When you're talking about barbed wire for, for our, our listeners, I've been in barbed wire. This is weird to say, but it doesn't really hurt when you land in it. If you're getting thrown into it because of momentum, it's like uh, you your body almost comes to a quick stop. But all these different pokes and holes, you really don't feel at first. Then the biggest part is trying to move out of it. And when I tell you, like even just to try to get up, you have to, if you think about when you get up off the floor or you get up off your bed, you have to then lean into one side, which is you're putting all your weight into one side of all these jagged edges of wire of, mm. of metal. And then most people have to use their hands and your fingers where there's not a lot of skin. And when I tell you how much, and if you have stuff, stuff that's stuck let's say you get up to your left if you have pieces that are stuck to your right you're pulling it out of you and no matter how gingerly you're trying to get out of it you can't get out of it gingerly because you're also doing a performance and or you may have someone just coming over and kicking you deeper into it oh. it's just a mess i mean i remember firsthand when Terry Funk was caught up in the barbed wire in ECW from born to be wired. I also was there in the back stitching up Sabu's arm, not even stitching, just literally holding the meat of his arm together as we're taping it. And it's, it's disgusting or you can't move even cutting the barbed wire at the end. When you're so wrapped up, you'll cut one piece and it'll shoot out because the tension is there. Yeah. And even the person cutting it has will get cut. You know, going into this, that you're going to get cut. You know, you're going to get scars that you're going to have for the rest of your life. It's a total different mindset um, that you have to have. And it's, it's different, man. It, I've, I've never been in a barbed wire match, but I've been in tons of barbed wire and it sucks. Yeah. My only experience with it is dealing with it in a, in a farm situation where I poked myself once on the finger and it hurt. So yeah, like it's, 
it's amazing with deathmatch wrestling, like under, like, you know, talking to wrestlers like yourself and kind of beginning to understand a little bit of the psychology of it, where you're trying to find things that the audience can relate to the pain of. And there's just something about barbed wire that we all just know intrinsically. Like it's a, it's just a symbol. Like you just put a picture of barbed wire up and it, and it shows like prison and pain. Like it just immediately invokes that kind of emotion from people. So I think just seeing people in wrestling matches, dealing with it, where it's even in their hair. Like I think, that is, I think probably the most minor pain that you're dealing with, but when you see it get tangled in people's hair and it's being pulled out, it's like, there's no, there's no fun way to deal with it. And I think as a fan, there's always the idea that, well, how, how, you know, quote unquote, real is it? And we all know it's all real, like everything hurts, but there's just something about the barbed wire that, you know, there's just no questioning for anyone. Like you show even the most dismissive person about pro wrestling, a barbed wire match, and they just, you know, they walk away changed from it because it's just something that they can all kind of relate to it. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, just, it's going to be different. And then if you think about, and this is what Onita did make famous, you have the element of two guys are fighting in barbed wire, but then, oh, by the way, the ring is going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to do something in a certain time period because there may be a massive explosion slash a fire. So, yeah, it's, there's there's a lot of key elements into this. And this whole thing for this match, it's the drama. It's the story. It's the buildup. It's, it's like if you remember the Royal Rumble, I always say no one ever – watches the Royal rumble. They just wait to see who the next person is. Mm-hmm. Here comes the, this barbed wire match where we're actually watching this match, but we, in the back of our mind, we know at a certain time, this thing is going to blow up. So it, it's, and how, how do they go from there? It, it's, there's so much drama and tension. It's from, you know, movies where, you know, a bomb's going to happen. You just don't know when. Yeah, no, it's like a horror movie. Like that, you know, you know, someone's going to get killed. And it's just like waiting for that to happen. You know, that person's going to hit the barbed wire. Like when you're watching, uh, you know, funk versus cactus Jack, you know, it's going to happen. It happens a few times, but like when the first time it happens, just like the release from that audience, is just something else to watch, you know, and, and I've never experienced an exploding barbed wire death match live, but I've definitely watched enough videos of it. It's like some of my favorite matches ever, like combat Toyota versus Megumi Kudo. That's just like an incredible wrestling match that happens to be in the context of exploding barbed wire. But they are putting on an unbelievable wrestling match where you're like you're saying the tension, like it's just it's just it's something else. Like there's no other type of wrestling match that evokes that in the same and way. And I think you'll see that with Kenny and Moxley mm-hmm. as well. I mean, I mean Moxley likes to go with the violence. We've already seen um, Kenny do stuff like that. It, it's it's going to be big. It's I'm definitely watching. And like you said, it's. Just, I mean, ECW, it's not for everyone. There's definitely a market that's going to crap all over this. Then cool, you don't have to watch it. But if you want to watch it from an art form or watch it from like, how are they going to tell this story? And just like Dave and Bully said, go and watch Funk versus Onita and watch this story. It wasn't the greatest wrestling match, but it was one hell of a story. Or Terry Funk, I mean, Mick Foley, his promo that he cut about when he was in ECW with the results of he was on a plane and a woman asked to switch her seat because he, she could smell his burned flesh and was just like, I don't understand if people can imagine that besides the embarrassment and it's Mick Foley, but like this guy has got burns and he's all cut up and someone is so upset 
about the smell of his burnt hair and flesh that they want to change their seat because they don't want to sit next. It's like, how dare you smell like that? And he's like, I can't do anything about it, but go back and try to find those promos because that was a story onto itself. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely, it's, it's, it is a match that if you're talking to casual fans, you're talking to someone that has not paid attention to wrestling in, in some time, that's going to hook them. That's going to stop, make someone stop and look and pay attention, whether or not they like it and whether or not they stick around after that because of it, that's something else. But this is something that it's a spectacle. Like it is truly a spectacle on the highest level. It's also a cursed match. Cause like you said, ECW, there's stories about ECW trying to do it. Onita tried to do it with XPW and then CZW tried to do it with Onita and it's never happened here. So this is like the first time that this is going to happen in, in North America. Like, I don't think there's ever been one in Mexico. So this is like the first time it's going to happen in, in North America. And it's such a, oh, it's such an immense kind of thing to have. It's like such a, it's like one of those matches. Well, I don't think this, I'm sorry, Dave. No, go ahead, Tommy, please. That I don't think this exists on the WWE network, but I was there when they did an exploding cage in ECW. And this was early ECW. And it was, I believe it was the public enemy versus a uh, bad company. And when they closed the cage and it didn't go off and then like, it looked like two smoke bombs. Yeah. And I remember Todd Gordon or somebody grabbing the mic and being like, <laughs> like try to make sound effects of an explosion <laughs> and did the people crap all over it. Or then another time we did uh canny more. I think it was wing canny more and balls. And they wanted to do this exploding barbed wire board. And it was in Asbury park and balls had this pyrotechnic guy and everything. Like we did it in rehearsal and it blew up and it looked amazing. We had another board. And when they hit it, nothing. And it's like almost like the to really date yourself, the bridge on the river Kwai when you go and nothing happens at first. And then they're like, and it was just and the people crap all over it, because when you're going to hit these boards and they don't blow up, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. When you did have fans and this is when people paid to see specifically this happen. So, yeah, man, it's you need a really good pyro guy. And uh, which I know AEW will have, and but it, it could go horribly wrong, especially on live television. Well, I believe nothing but bad when this has happened. When we did that, when we we're doing the, the documentary series, when we did the episode with Danny Havoc, rest in peace, um, we went to his, his last match in CZW, and they still had the C4 from when Onita was over and supposed to do an exploding barbed wire death match with, with Matt Tremont, right? So they're like, we have this C4, the fire marshal shut it down the first time, we're just not going to tell them. We're just going to have this exploding board at one point. And that's the thing about explosions, right? Like the the small ones don't look that spectacular. So when he landed on this board, it looked like, yeah, two smoke bombs going off and and a cherry bomb. Luckily no one was, was expecting anything big. So when you watch the, when you watch the episode, you do see like these little two puffs of smoke as he lands (laughs) on the board. And also dealing with, um, I have been in the ring where, Kane's pyro has gone off. I have also been under the ring or on the floor when one time I wasn't told that there was pyro. And when you do pyro for Kane's, it's an implosion, which everything underneath and the aprons are the ones that stop that implosion because there's going to be fragments. I was selling on the floor and it was for a live event and they didn't tell us that there was pyro. 
And I was me and Stevie Richards were laying on the floor and they blew what's uh Kane's pyro. And I was under the turnbuckle. I got hit with all this shrapnel and Stevie was on the other side. And I remember coming to the back and I was like, dude, I got burnt from the, the pyro. And then the, there was a big ordeal and the pyro guy was like, no, no, you didn't. And I was like, dude, I didn't get burnt from the actual fire up top, but I got burnt from all the shrapnel hitting me. And Stevie kept saying, what, what? He, <laughs> he lost his hearing because oh he God. was right next to such a loud. And he's like, I can't hear what. And he was going nuts in the back, but that was for another, another story. But <laughs> you have no clue the realness of everything that you're going to, yeah. to witness on, you know, what happened past and what you're going to witness on Wednesday night. Well, has anyone had, if anyone's had a cherry bomb go off in their hand, like a little lady finger, you know, it, it, it hurts people that blow off their hands with those things yep. all the time. And that's just like the smallest little stick of dynamite imaginable. So anything that's going to produce something that's going to show up on TV uh, is going to be very dangerous, you know, and, and like everything in wrestling, I think that was the one thing I really took away from that show is I thought I knew it going in, but really being around wrestling everything that happens in that ring has the potential to be life-threatening, you know, or, or, or at least life, life altering in a very tragic, traumatic way. And then, so you add to it barbed wire and explosives, like things that are meant to harm people. It's, it's uh yeah, it's, 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 you know, being honest about it. It's a very dangerous thing to kind of see happen on live TV. Well, you, you, Damien, you and Tommy are talking about the realness of it, which brings up this question for me is that, do you think they would even be doing this match if we weren't in a pandemic? Like if we were in an arena full of people, would they even try to pull this match off? That's a good question. I never even thought about that, but you're right. Like, I guess, you know, I imagine fire marshals would be a little more, you know, easygoing in times like this where you're not going to have, you know, 10,000 plus screaming people in the crowd like i imagine that would be you know it's, it's a controlled environment now it's a little safer to do so yeah I, I imagine that has played a part in sort of the decision making it's also you know like i imagine it's very challenging to to operate without a crowd you know like i know from just playing in a band and singing in a band like doing that without an audience watching is is really hard and so this is a type of match that doesn't need an audience it can it can you know it looks great on tv with or without a crowd there I think I've never seen one without a crowd, but I imagine it's going to look amazing <laughs> without a crowd. You know, uh, Dave, I've also seen and used fake barbed wire. And I remember bumping into the fake barbed wire and the coils hurt like a mother. And I was just like, I'd prefer the real barbed wire because bumping on these hurt more than bumping on the, the thing. You don't risk the getting cut factor, but it's like bumping on a bunch of marbles. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'll pass. I'd rather do real barbed wire. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, it, I can imagine like the internal damage that would be doing, you know, is, is way worse than that sort of external thing. Well, it's, you know, like when you think about a thumbtack, it only goes in that deep, you know, but then it is actually going into your skin that deep is the other part of it. So yeah. And there's just, hundreds. Yeah. hundreds. <laughs> like I, I remember watching, I forget who it was, but someone getting them taken out of his skull. He was bald and they were in flush Ugh. against his skull and they're popping these things out of his head. And it was just, yeah, that was, that was too much. It was one of those times where I just like kind of had to walk out of the room. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a breather on this. Yeah. With thumbtacks, I've had a few in my head, uh, 
thumbtacks and barbed wire hurt when they're in your head. And like I said, your fingers, because it's bone on bone. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to maneuver and you're trying to, as simple as you get thrown in barbed wire, when you're trying to get up, you don't want to use your, your fingers, which it, you're going to have to do it. Or when you're, like I said, if you're pulling to the right, then you're torquing to the left yes. and you're using your hands. And, and just think about when, when someone, if you have longer hair, when, you, oh, I have a knot, you're like, well, this is like a knot that someone's pulling or you have your opponent who could be doing something uh, with that. Or even if they're caught up and they're moving to the left while you're trying to go to the right, it gives more torque. And now you have these little shards of metal cutting into your body. And it's almost like you want to say, no, 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 don't move. Don't move. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what? But yet you can't do that because you're in a performance <laughs> in front of live people. Uh, one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life is when we were making the show, we saw Riza Sarah's last death match that she did. And it was a 60 minute long Iron Woman death match where she was in the ring. And it was just a parade of, you know, death match all stars, Japanese death match all stars coming in and doing different crazy things to her. And it was it was every single thing that she had done to her. I'm like, I couldn't imagine having that one thing done to me, let alone having it done to me multiple times and then having other stuff done to me in the course of a wrestling match. Like it's, it's amazing. Like, I think that's the thing about deathmatch wrestling that I find, you know, I, I don't necessarily enjoy it in the same way I enjoy other wrestling, but in the same way, when I listen to certain types of music, I'm not listening to it to get happy. You know, I'm listening to it to experience another type of emotion. I think, watching deathmatch wrestling and talking to other fans, especially in Japan about deathmatch wrestling, part of it is almost that, you know, watching the, the, the durability of another human being and watching that person put themselves through this sort of torture for your entertainment. And I think that's part of, you know, the understanding of it. That's at least, you know, I'm, I, I've always kind of wrestled with what is it about this that's so appealing because it is so heinous, you know, and it's, it's so disturbing to, to watch, let alone perform that, you know, what is it that makes people want to do it and willing to do it? It's just like, I'm sorry. Uh, why do people like Friday the 13th? Why do they like Halloween there? It's, it's a different movie. And you know what? Some of that storytelling is phenomenal. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Halloween movies are really, really good. And just like when you think they can't go no more, they go that route. And, you know, but then there's a big difference between Halloween movies and a straight up gore slasher film where it's just for the for the art of just find different ways to kill somebody, you know, or like, what is those movies? Final Destination. Mm -hmm. How many of those have there been? It's just like, oh, all these different ways to have people die, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think there's also, though, there's a there's a part of that is there's a safety in knowing that these people like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's not, you know, really being pursued by Michael Myers. But at the end of the day, you know, Mick Foley's getting on a plane smelling like burnt flesh. Like these are real people going through this stuff. And that's, I think, you know, I don't know. It's just it's such a fascinating world to me. Like, I really find everything about it just so interesting. I hate to see all the deathmatch wrestlers uh, in the past that they're covered in scars and I understand, and I would be a hypocrite. Um, and they didn't have a worldwide appeal to it, but their, their fan base really, really loves them. Uh, I just hope for their sakes later on in their life, or even going out of this pandemic where my, my 
favorite thing about this will like both wrestlers will have been blood tested both wrestlers mm-hmm. because of that risk with that Onita, Mick Foley, Terry Funk, myself, like bleeding all the time. And none of us were blood tested. None of us were, you know, and a lot of wrestlers, you know, have come out that they have had hepatitis and all that stuff. Cause it's blood on blood contact with all falling into, you know, like I said, you could fall into a, a wire that, just cut your opponent. And that is a major risk, at least now, you know, and, and I hope out of the future for, for wrestlers that love it and have a passion for it, that they can, you know, at least say, Hey, like for me, I'm wrestling an indie coming up. And I was like, I want my opponent COVID tested or else I'm not wrestling them. And this is different when you're doing a match like that. So the fact that they, hopefully that, cause like with concussions, everything has improved like you said, deathmatch wrestling is an art form, but there's a better way so everyone could be safe for their long-term ish health. Well, the blood stuff you brought up is is huge, and that and that's something that I found really shocking is how little of that stuff is done. To the point where there's wrestlers that it's kind of open that they have blood-borne, you know, illnesses that you know, and, and everyone knows this, and they still wrestle death matches with other wrestlers. Like it's just something that's kind of accepted in in places and it's it's that's something that needs to change in this culture because you're right there is real risk outside of the actual physical risk in the ring there's also long-term health risks that are associated with this kind of thing you know and i think hopefully this COVID testing is is you know people look at all sorts of testing and the idea that you know not that it's the same thing but there's a lot of industries like if you're going to go do a film they're going to make sure you're tested you know they're going to make sure you're doing this stuff just because it's for the safety of everyone else on the crew and on the set you know if you're it it just makes sense that wrestling would be the next place they do that i hate to use this as an example but i'm going to in the porn industry they had to make sure people were tested for hiv and aids because Mm -hmm. it became such a pant pandemic and such a concern you're going to have to do those things just like i said with concussions and there's very little chair shots to the head now but the business has progressed sports across the board have progressed and you can do a great death match but as long as both talents have been tested hey you have not no blood disease and no issues then we can move forward with this yeah no i definitely i think for you know, for the least amount of safety precaution, you need that, you know, absolutely. And Damien, I'm glad you came on today because I I wanted to kind of educate our, our listeners on this, on this type of match and on hardcore wrestling in this barbed wire death match, because when bully and I did the show the day after the announcement was made, we got a lot of feedback from people that didn't, know this and didn't understand these matches and they're like oh this is garbage wrestling this is you know this is some indie organization doing it in front of you know 500 people a lot of our fans didn't realize with fmw these matches were taking place in front of 55 58,000 people at times out oh in yeah Japan. And, of course you gotta be chaos no no but no but but i i think People don't realize, like, they call it garbage wrestling, but, like, you talking about it, it is an art form that a lot of people do appreciate. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's, it goes back to the 50s, you know, Terry Funk's, Dory Funk Sr. did the titular first dead match, uh, uh, you know, like, it, it's, it goes back, like, this, this thing has been an evolution, and it's really amazing to watch it go from America to Puerto Rico to back to America to Memphis and then to Japan and then watch it go from Japan back to America. Like it really is a sort of cultural football that's getting tossed back and forth, you know, and it is, 
it's like grind music. You know, it's not for everyone. It's not something people are going to love necessarily, but it is an art form that's really unique. And I, I think Bahu FMW has done a lot of work for English language speakers and documenting the history of this stuff, like especially the Japanese side of things. And I just learning from him, it gave me a, a new kind of understanding and respect for it. So I, I strongly recommend checking out some of the stuff he's done. He's written a lot about FMW and done a lot of sort of history podcasts because it is, it's so fascinating. Like Onita comes to America, ends up spending time on Terry Funk's ranch, goes to Memphis, takes part in the second Tupelo concession brawl, and then brings all this stuff back to Japan and comes up with FMW out of these pieces. And, you know, and then EC, it's just, I just love this sort of, you know, cultural exchange that's constantly happening. And if you think about from like ECW came about because of wrestling fans wanted to see change. They wanted to see something different. Same with FMW. Onita was a student of uh, Anoki, correct? Yeah. No, uh, Baba, Baba. Right? He was Baba's. Yeah. Young Baba. I, I forgot when the, when the split happened, but he's a guy who can wrestle. He had knee injuries and then he comes back with this different style and Japan was just not that they were sick of what they were seeing. It's like, hey, we have all Japan and New Japan. That's it. Mm-hmm. So now, hey, we have something else. And it became different. And it opened up the doors for a lot other people. I remember the first time I ever saw this wrestler going through tables was Sabu. And I saw him from an FMW tape sitting in Paul Heyman's living room. And I was like, this guy's crazy. This guy <laughs> is just insane. And I'm seeing him moonsault uh, from the ring to the floor at, at on a stadium and I, and he's like, yeah, he's Sheik's nephew. And I was like, I was terrified of him just from watching what he did. And that was all from FMW. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's uh, th- those tapes, getting those tapes back in the day and seeing this stuff. And it was just always like, what, what's next, you know? And I think there's, there are definitely places it could still go, right? There's a piranha death match. There's, there's definitely uh, frontiers we haven't reached yet that I think they could probably export over here. But this is a, this was a huge one. Like I remember the first time I saw that Terry Funk versus Onita, I think it's the first one in, in 93, they uh, May 5th, 93, they've wrestled each other. And it was, it's one of the, like, like you're saying earlier, it's a movie, you know, you know, this bomb's going to go off and, you know, no spoilers on this thing, but like it, when Onita leaves the ring and leaves Terry Funk there laying and he knows he's going to die in this explosion, he runs back to save him. It's just like, oh, it's like Die Hard or something. Yeah, yeah it's 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 amazing. Um, I, before we let you go, Damien, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate oh, please, it. Please, it's an honor awesome. to be here. Thank you for having me. But you mentioned uh, podcasts. I want to talk a little bit about your podcast, uh, Turned Out a Punk. Um, just an amazing array of guests. Some guests that from the music world that even you talk pro wrestling with, some old school wrestling with. And then the the latest episode, I believe, is with uh, Jane Weedland from you know from the Go Go's, who's a, a yeah. legend um, yeah. and is looking to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Talk about the podcast and how people could listen. Um, uh, yeah, I do this podcast called Turn It to Punk, where every single episode's the same first question. It was really inspired by Colt Cabana's podcast and hearing him talk to wrestlers about their journey and me kind of thinking like, I, well, you know, I, I've always wanted to know about people's journey in punk rock. And so I just, you know, have had, yeah, like it ranges from comedians to musicians to actors to wrestlers and anyone that ever had any sort of interest or involvement with punk rock just comes on and we just talk about music for as long as they can take it. And it's been, you know, it's, it's really shown me that, you know, everyone from Robbie Brookside to Onita talked about being a punk rocker when I interviewed him. Like, it's really, 
it's it's such a huge range of people that were interested in this really niche thing like almost like deathmatch wrestling like it's it's not for everyone but the people that loved it are really passionate about it and so yeah recently there's been uh, a few people that have been on to talk about wrestling bob mold obviously was uh, a writer for wcw and a punk yep. rock legend and got to talk to him about his wrestling experiences and how he got in there and yeah, I just have a lot of fun doing it. I try and do two a week now and uh, sometimes three a week. And every time it's the same question. <laughs> so if, you, if you're interested in punk rock, it's great. If you don't, you might not find it that exciting. Well, most of my education came from the um, Jello Biafra spoken word album. So uh, I'm with you on that one. So Well, Jello has been on uh, once before. and He's coming back on for a part two uh, next week. So awesome. Is, okay, great. He's definitely there. So yeah, no, I, I think that's the thing. It's like that's how I got introduced, you know, that's how I met you guys was through Alex, who used to be, you know, the producer here. Um, and he was a punk rocker and we connected over punk rock and a love of that kind of music. So it even brought us together. Yeah, that's true. But Alex Metz uh, signed with the WWE is now known as Dick Eagle and he left us high and dry. So we don't talk about him anymore. Damien. Well, thank you so out, much. Like all good punk rockers. Oh, do. Yeah. He had to sell out. <laughs> yeah. He went mainstream, man. He went mainstream. <laughs> he, he Metallica us. Um, all right. Like 28 so, Alex. <laughs> Damien Abraham. Thank you so much. Again, the, the podcast is turned out a punk and thank you so much for the education. I really appreciate the time. Oh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to talk to you again, my friend, and, and Tommy, incredible to meet you again. Thank you, man. Likewise. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic buys it into Mickey. It's somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid has stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. No Gabby on a Monday yeah. morning. Gabby, uh, I guess you guys, you were talking about her uh, joining wrestling. She already came up with a finisher. Everyone yep. tells her how beautiful she is, and she's gone. She's off. She's uh, off. She went to a wrestling school. We haven't seen her since. Yeah. Uh, from and If anybody sees Gabby, please let her know that it would have been nice if she said goodbye. She didn't say goodbye to anybody. Never I come this morning, I come to work, and Ariel, we, I find out, is our new AP here on Busted Open. So we welcome in Ariel. Ariel, welcome to Busted Open. And it would have been nice, Ed, if Gabby would have said what? her goodbyes before going on to her next career in pro wrestling. Nope. She vanished. Interesting. Gone. Well, just like in wrestling, like, when a talent leaves, we just great. it's like the mafia. We don't talk about them. We just say they're gone. Nope. You don't acknowledge them. They're gone. They're gone. She's been written. She's been written off TV. That's right. Big Show didn't have a WWE 22 year career anymore. It's gone. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So we welcome in Ariel. Ariel, welcome the busted open. It's good to have you here. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. There All we right, go. Good. Yes, Ariel. You know, so, oh, go ahead, Ariel. Ariel, say, tell us a little bit about yourself, Ariel. Yeah. Now that you're part of the busted open nation. Uh, yes. So I'm still a college student going to Penn State University, graduating in like a few months. So I'm excited for that. And I am a big MMA and WWE fan. Okay. All right. Who's your favorite wrestler, Ariel? Oh. Okay. It's Roman Reigns. I've Roman been a Reigns. fan of him since his Shield days. So just seeing him develop 
now and to what he is today, it has to be him. And of course, Alexa Bliss, because she's from Ohio, so. Okay, all right. So she is a wrestling fan, also an MMA fan. So people who listen to the other programming on this channel will be excited. That they probably already know Ariel because she has been working on other shows. It's good to have her here on Busted Open. And if anybody talks to Gabby or sees Gabby, you know, reach out to Gabby on social media because she could have at least said goodbye to us and the nation before starting her pro wrestling. Well, not only that, poor form on Gabby's part, because the way I understand it, speaking of putting people over, Gabby should have put Ariel over on her way out. That's the way it happens in pro wrestling. But no, she just, she vacated the title and left. Yep. Left. Didn't want to do the job. Messed up. Uh, You know what happens. It's what happens when you get around professional wrestlers too much. You think you know the business. And you know what really bothers me is she used us. She used us for her name and recognition to get out there. That's one thing. But then on Friday, she's asking us, and we thought it was all in fun. She's asking, what should my wrestling name be? What should my finisher be? She's asking the Busted Open Nation. And then she took all that information, and she left town. Wow. Well, Dave, I went to her gram, and uh, she's dining (laughs) somewhere with someone mm-hmm. so maybe she's headed to jacksonville maybe she, that would be such a good spite to you like she's going to be in jacksonville she, maybe she's entering that woman's uh, oh, tournament oh, oh, and she'll get to see the death match and be like why are there explosions oh, going on she'll oh, be there and you won't my god so well, sold you're out, get- by the way dave did you see it sold out yeah and, 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 I, and, and I can't get a ticket because the, the event sold out I still haven't gotten the okay. Cody has ghosted this whole situation. He hasn't mentioned anything. Nobody with AEW has reached out to me at all that that they have lifted the ban for me so I can attend the exploding barbed wire death match on Sunday for Revolution. And you mean to tell me that Gabby, that doesn't even say goodbye, is on her way to Jacksonville to watch the exploding barbed wire death match? If that happens, I'm going to lose it. I hope she's a special Then I can't get in the building, and she will. I hope she's a special referee. Dave, Dave, Dave. What? We all know your great special referee skills. Maybe she's Now it makes sense. (laughs) No, because on Saturday, Gabby, she texted me. She asked me if she could have my login for the Disney Plus streaming service because she wanted to watch the Star Wars movies, and now I know why. She wants to... She wants to cozy up to Cody Rhodes. Fraud, fraud. All right. So this is an interesting question for the Busted Open Nation. Because we have to throw it out there now that she's moved on from Busted Open to a pro wrestling career, Tommy. And that is, what is the best fit for Gabby? Is it going to the Performance Center and being a part of NXT? Or going right to AEW, skipping over AEW Dark and appearing at AEW Dynamite? I mean, I think it's an interesting question. Where would Gabby fit in better, AEW or WWE? Or maybe, Tommy, she she made some deal with Impact that you're not telling me about. That could happen. I know nothing. <laughs> not for nothing, you know. Gabby versus Deanna Perrazzo. That is the battle of New Jersey defined. Wouldn't, right. wouldn't it be Great. a bad match? No. i give it to Deanna. Gabby's too inexperienced. Yeah. It's funny, too. She uh, had texted me. She's like, what is, happens with the referee when the sirens start going off? No, and I was just like, oh, don't. well, the referee has to kind of get out of Dodge or he just he wears this hazmat suit and like he has to cover up. So it's interesting. 
lead shield. I'm wondering if that uh, maybe there's possibly a rekindling of her and Wardlow if she goes to AEW. No, I'm not starting. I mean, we're not about starting rumors on this show. Dave, so, there's, going anyway, too, there's going too far, and then there's going too far, Dave. Well, I mean, let's face it, though. We do this a lot here on Busted Open. You know, we celebrate birthdays. We do tributes all the time. It would have been nice to be able to put together, like, a farewell show for Gabby. I mean, I just come on, and there's Ariel. I don't even yeah. know who the hell this person is. And she's you telling me what know. to do. And I'm like, who are you to tell me what to do? Where's Gabby? Oh, you didn't hear? Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my box new episodes are available every wednesday on the sirius xm app and apple podcast i just want you to think about this though what would be the biggest act of betrayal for you we'll still take the callers but while you're doing it if gabby went to hang out with dick eagle and did stuff on the bump or if she was in aew or the special as special referee for the barbed wire match what would what would be the biggest act of betrayal well, there's 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 three options here, Tommy. Okay. I think because Tommy, you've kind of washed your hands of trying to help me uh, here, so I, I'm going to throw impact in, into the mix. Like, what would be a bigger betrayal to me personally, as somebody who mentored and brought Gabby into this show? Would it be the WWE, her hanging out, you know, driving down I-95? In Stanford, Connecticut, the big Ivy Castle, hanging out with uh, Dick Eagle, drinking champagne and eating strawberries in that lobby there. Would it be AEW going out to Jacksonville, like you said, being a part of the barbed wire, you know, exploding barbed wire death match that she'll be in attendance, not even knowing what the fuck she's looking at, but cheering because now she's part of the AEW family. Ed's already said she started watching Star Wars movies already so she can kiss Cody's ass about all these Star Wars movies. Or would it be Impact Wrestling, Tommy? Where you're not telling me all the info here. Now and you're now getting sudden, paranoid. A, now you're you know, a paranoid person. Hanging out with Tasha Steeles and Kiara Hogan. Deanna Perrazzo. Dear Lord, help him. Matt Stryker and D'Lo. Who knows? Maybe it's going to be a three-man boof with Impact. It's Matt Stryker, D'Lo, and Gabby. Could be. Right it back. Right it back. She takes the knife, stabs it in the back, and then twists and then breaks it off. Breaks it off. I let's, made her. Let's take some callers, Then I made her. Take some callers. All right. Let's go to our good friend, Paul. In Indy. What's going on, Paul? Question. I think the ultimate form of disrespect is if Gabby pulls a Medusa and throws a LaGreca head in the garbage can. Oh, 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 oh. I think that's the ultimate. <laughs> and then the other quick, quick question. Do you think there's... <laughs> uh, it's all fun and games, huh? You're laughing. I'll remember that. Oh, she was there on great. the ball. 
She appears on the bump. She's got oh, the LeGreca head and the garbage can. And a uh, quick question, if I could. Do uh, you think there's any chance maybe tonight Lashley gets the belt off of Miz and then somehow that leads to maybe a, finally a Lashley and uh, Brock coming back at Mania? I don't know. Do you think there's any chance they could get there for that? Well, you know what, Paul? I mean, it's a really good call because, Paul, if you think about it, if Brock came back, you yeah. he could either go after that WWE championship or that Universal championship. Don't forget, you got Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman. So, I mean, if there was ever a great time for Brock, I guess this would be that time and not necessarily for Roman. So, Paul, a uh, really good phone call. There's a lot you could do here, Tommy. Yeah. Um, oof. The uh, Lashley Brock has been talked about forever. Um, I wanted to see it when Lashley first came back to the WWE. Um, Lashley has totally changed f- for the better. I mean, trust me, Bobby was always great, but his character has changed and he's, he's the Bobby Lashley that, you know, I guess WWE had always envisioned. Ah, uh, I don't see it. Because I would save that in my back pocket because that question of if Brock comes back and if Brock comes back, I would save it for next year just for the yeah. simple fact of, hey, I got Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman. We already said that Edge is going to face him. That would be overshadowed. And a Lashley-Lesnar match would fill uh, a big-ass stadium. You know, I, I'd hold off on that one. Yeah, and, and I think, Come next year, I'm, at least I'm hoping that we're going to be doing a WrestleMania in front of a big amount of fans, not what we might get this year at WrestleMania 37. Let's go to Joe in North Carolina. What's going on, JoJo? Dave, Tommy, hope you all's weekend was great. Um, you guys don't know where Gabby is, and I'm surprised you all haven't put two and two together. Somebody else is conspicuously absent on a Monday, the one, the only, Bully Ray. Gabby's up there at Team 3D right now trying to get her daggone things, man. She's old school Mm. tools with new school rules. She's up there with Bully right now. And then while she's out there, she's going to stop by Stanford and go see the – uh, the uh, the great value Ryan Seacrest, the you know the Judas Matt Camp up there at the Stanford and Dick Eagle. And you know what, Joe? It's an excellent phone call because you know lately Bully's been a very uh, Matt Campish, if you will, uh, Sam Roberts like. So is it very is it possible, Tommy, that that is the case that she could be training right now uh, with Bully at the Team 3D Academy? Maybe there's going to be a brand new show debuting on Peacock. Busted <laughs> wide open. WWE presents. Oh, 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 my God. Then that's where LaGreca is showing up in Stanford. I'll t- I'm sure they got my face posted in the security desk, but I'm going to make that ride to Stanford if that ever happens. And to add to your craziness and your insanity and your, um, Overall distrust in everybody, Extru- uh, busted wide open with your host Dom LaGreca, Gabby, and Bully Ray. Oh, imagine! Oh, my boy, you just love throwing the salt in the. Oh, hey, listen, if she's actually in a ring right now with Bully at the Team 3D Academy, there's a good chance she quits. I know Gabby. 
okay? And bullies hard on people, man. You know that, Tommy. You think Gabby's going to stay? There's a good chance that if that has actually happened, what Joe said is correct, this could be her last day as a professional wrestler. Would have been put it past her begging, begging to get her job back tomorrow. But we got Ariel now, so she can beg all she wants. If you're listening, Gabby, you can beg all you want. Hello, everyone. This is Bruce Murray. You may know me as host of the Sirius XM Blitz on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Here now to introduce you to my new podcast, Going Long. Every week, I'll talk to big names both in and out of the world of sports, Hall of Famers, actors, actresses, comedians, broadcasters, maybe even some chefs. We'll discuss their lives, their successes, their failures, and of course, the one thing that connects all of them, a passion for sports. So join me every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, Stitcher, and Apple Podcast for Going Long. Let's bring in, again, now a permanent part of Busted Open. We welcome in our new AP, Ariel. Ariel, uh, how was your first day here on Busted Open? No, it's it's been awesome. Um, at first, first, real quick, can I just go through and just thank a few people, if that's sure, okay Ariel. with you? You sure, are the Ariel. AP of the year. Okay, yep. awesome. So first off, I want to thank Gabby for paving the way. Thank you for thank you, Marissa, for hiring me and basically taking a risk on this like young college student. And thank you, Tommy and Dave, for making this show so great. But most off, thank you to the nation for welcoming me into your home. So there's that. Wow. Nice. It's been an awesome show so far. Wow. So. What a sweet young person. Oh, Wonderful. Great. We got a younger Love demo. It. That's what we're looking for. That's Everyone right. wants the younger demos. Gabby's out. Ariel's in. Future is bright here on Bust Open. Ariel, even though she doesn't tweet, tweets once every three months. She went from 66 followers to 306 followers here this morning on Busted Open. So we welcome all the nation members that have opened up their arms to Ariel here on her first day. And unfortunately, we love Gabby, but she just left us high and dry. I don't know whether she, A, I mean, Matt Camp is already, you know, making rumors that she's, you know, is part of the bump now. It could be Impact. It could be AEW, watching Star Wars movies with Cody. I love it. I love it all. I love how everyone f- knows how to fire you up. That's how much. Oh, it's great. Gabby's mm-hmm. going to take that look right ahead and just dump it in the dry. I can't, I can't believe Gabby would do this to me. I thought we were close and she just leaves. Doesn't even say goodbye. We would have had a nice send off show for Gabby if she stuck around. A big hurrah. Yeah. Also, she's an AP and her first name is Ariel. APA, a uh, total perfect fit. Uh, Oh, I like that. I like that. All right. Let's go out to the Busted Open Nation. And Dave, everybody on Twitter, you're all wrong on all your guesses. I'm not going to take any more guesses, so stop it. I'm going to wear the shirt, the same shirt on Wednesday. Okay. And you'll be on with Bully on Wednesday. All right. Let's go out to the Busted Open Nation. Let's go to Heather in New Jersey. Heather in Freehold, New Jersey. Heather, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Dave, Heather, what What the hell is going on? No, it's not Heather, Dave. You know who this is. You know my voice. You listen to it every day. Like, I have to listen to your voice every day. What are you you doing? What do you mean? Is this Gabby? Of course it's Gabby. You you know my voice. Don't pretend like you don't know my voice. What's going on here? I'm off. Dave, it's the girl. This isn't Tommy. This is Bully hosting as well. It's the girl, Dave. The girl's back. 
Tommy, I expect the Tommy has no heat here. Tommy only said nice things about you. I expected more from you. And you know what, Dave? One day, I have to check in with you if I have a day off that you're making all these assumptions about me in two seconds. Where's my text message from you, Dave, saying, Gabby, what happened? Where are you? You make all these assumptions, and now I'm the bad guy? Uh, you're out of your mind. I need texts and these tweets I'm getting from the nation. Guess what, Dave? They're not mad at me like you want them to be. They love me, and they support me, okay? So I don't know why. Oh, and by the way, thanks for filling me in with a newer, younger version in two seconds. If I were to leave, you men are all the same. Are you nuts? After everything I've done for you and this show, in two seconds, you're going to put some, I don't know, the little mermaid on? What's her name? Ariel? I don't freaking know. Wow. Wow. Velvet, the, the girl's on. Cup of coffee. Oh, cup of hey, coffee. Velvet. Cup she of didn't coffee follow, follow for. I blood, sweat, and tear for this show. You know who wouldn't do this? Shit, Dave. Matt Camp would not pull this shit. I guarantee you that. Cody Rhodes. You know what? Star Wars, he's a very loyal person. He wouldn't pull the shit. Maybe I need to make some calls. Maybe you pushed me out. Because guess what? I, I I didn't have any plans. Now you're pushing me out. You did this to yourself, Dave. At the end of the day, you did this to yourself. And you thought I was angry before. You thought you saw an angry Gabby. Oh, you know, it's funny. Sassy Gabby, whatever. You don't even know what you just started, Dave. You don't first even know of what all, you just started. First of all, Gabby, you, why, are you, why are you mad at me? I'm the one that you came this morning. Ariel's there saying, Dave, I'm your new AP. And I'm like, whoa, nobody even told me. I got to find out from Ariel that Gabby's not so on the show anymore. And then replace me. And then you replace me. Oh, I didn't replace anybody. I didn't replace that. Ariel was just there. I didn't replace oh, you with Ariel. I turned her. on the computer and Ariel's oh there. God, Gabby. Gabby. Oh, she's out. She's gone. Oh, she's a traitor. Whatever. Where was my text from you, Dave? I didn't get a text. I didn't get a call. Gabby, what are you doing today? Why aren't you there? I got to get bombarded by these things, by the nation thinking I betrayed them because that's the slander that you're putting out for me. Ed, Ed, Tommy, all of you, so disappointed. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Gabby. It doesn't happen. The bump, it doesn't happen. I am astounded by you, Dave LaGreca. Astounded. How do you not tell me that you're off today? I'm the, you tell me, you, you just said, you know, I go, well, you're the boy. Yeah, I created this show. You're damn right. You better tell me when you're off. Quick question. Did you check your email? No. Okay. Okay, guys. Thank you very much. Dave, I will leave you with this, okay? Because now I'm heated. I was going to have a nice day. I can't have a nice mm-hmm. day today. I got people crying, getting DMs from people, all upset. I'm getting yeah. phone calls from people. You don't even know what I'm going through today. Now I got to do some damage control because you can't just have a normal day and talk to people like normal. You got to put ideas in people's heads. And now, now that I know if I were to leave, you're going to replace me with someone newer and younger. Now I know how you really feel about me. He's not normal I'm like his power sorry. rankings. You know how Bully Ray hates Tommy? his power rankings. That's who I am. Tommy, Tommy, you're just as guilty, by the way. Okay? Just as guilty. I don't think Bully would have pulled this on me. I don't think Mark would either, Tommy. So Wednesday's not going to be fun for you either. No one cares what shirt you're wearing on Wednesday. I just hope you don't. <laughs> Gabby? Um, no, no. I'm Bully Gabby? using a promo on the bump or in AEW. This is Bully, by the way. <laughs> Hang on. I have to keep eating pudding. I'm glad, I'm glad this is funny to you, Dave. I'm glad you're having a good time. I just want the nation to know I am a gift for a reason, Dave, because uh-huh. I work my ass off for this show. You didn't make me. I made me on this show. Not oh. like Ariel that got oh, wow. from college. I worked blood, sweat, and tears through producers, through
everybody, and I'm the last one standing, and I had your back, Dave. Guess what? I hear you she's friends with know? guns. Yeah, Ariel's yeah. friends with guns. Oh boy. Oh, she goes boy. to the same school you went to. It's true. Who cares, Tommy? Tommy, as usual, nobody cares. So stop. <laughs> Tommy's at home eating fat. He's fat. <laughs> Always here. Now I got to open my. I got to open my arms to other things because I don't think they would do this on AEW. I don't think the bump does this to people. I don't know what Matt Cap's doing, but you know, he reached out to me on Twitter. Maybe I'll say hi. I don't know what's going on, but I know on Friday, Dave, you did. That was our little segment. Oh, Gabby was wrestler. Like, what would her finisher be? Do you remember that? I do. All right. You know what my finisher is today? Hanging up on you. Goodbye. Ah, oh, wow, Gabby. Oh, wow. Gabby wow. hung up on me. Bye, Gabby. It's Bubba. I think, I think you did a good job disguising your voice, Tommy. She's going to think that that's bully. Right? Yeah. Yes. He'll take the heat. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> girl, fat, dreamer, power um, ranking, suck, Bubba. Done. Um, so, Ariel. Wait, hang on. Ariel. Ariel. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Ed. Go, go ahead. What, what ice cream cake should we buy uh, to have tomorrow in order to make it up to her? I mean, Ed, you're more guilty than I am. You didn't inform me. You know I don't read my emails. Dave, well, yeah, I know you don't read your emails because I send you a very <laughs> intricate rundown every effing morning. Oh, what by are we going to talk about today? By the way, at 7.55 yes. every morning, I'm going to go to IG, Instagram, mm -hmm. and do a live read of Ed Robinson's rundown each and every morning on Instagram at 7.55 Eastern Time every morning before the show. Ariel. Unfortunately, uh, we're gonna have to say goodbye to you. Uh, Gabby's back, and we have to contractually bring her back into the fold. So, Ariel, it was a good first last day for you here on Busted Open. Ariel, hope you had a good time. I did. I did. Thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156, the Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.